Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. If you ain't talking money, I don't want to talk. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude, good. I actually had Something a beer. Better? Huh? Something better? Because you went, like, threw a beer away, didn't you? No, what? Oh, yes, yes, I did. Yeah, like, disgusting beer or something. That's what I was going to say. I, I don't want to give the name of the company, but either the beer was, like, the worst ever, or it was skunked, although the date didn't say it was. Oh, uh, well, you so, know what? Sometimes was it like a was it like a stout ish kind of thing? Yeah, it was a. I, but I love dark stouts and. Well, what I was gonna say is, um, I had a beer in San Diego called. It was like a peanut butter beer. I forget the name, mm. but on tap, it was like my favorite beer I've ever had. In the bottle, it was awful. Oh. So I think some beers just do better on tap. Stone bottle. They well. don't do well when they're bottled and they sit on the shelf. There's also a local brewery up in Ames where I went to college. Their beer is on tap. If you go to their restaurant, it's great. If you buy them at the store, they're not that good. Wait, let me so. guess. You're drinking one of them right now. No. Oh, drink- my God. Wait. Oh, my God. Are you drinking water? Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, fine. This time there's ice in the water. <laughs> oh, my God. So, the really worst. My game up this week. <laughs> that you is the worst. The worst. <laughs> The worst. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have a sweet action. It's like my go-to. Okay. Six point. Nice. Uh, so this week's catchphrase is by Tress Summerlin on Twitter. So at Tress Summerlin. And uh, thank you for that catchphrase. If anyone else has catchphrases they would like to have read on the show or songs for Andrew to sing. We haven't had Andrew sing a song in a while, hmm. you know? But so I did make just some... make Thomas say that he was a Southern lady. That's true. <laughs> I am. A delicate southern flower. <laughs> My constitution cannot take this. Anyway, at Money Matters Man on Twitter, tweet us your catchphrases or your song lyrics, and you'll get them on the show. Good deal, right? Mm. Wheeling and dealing is what we do on this podcast. Right. We also do occasionally this financial life episodes where we get into somebody's individual finances, talk to somebody who's just, you know, living their normal life. And uh, today, that is what we are doing. So today, I would like to welcome to the show, Brian. What's up, man? And Yo, uh, what's going on? Yeah, not much. Just um, ending the week, really. Yes. And uh, getting through work and prepping for moving, actually. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we're, pre- we're almost done with uh, unpacking from our recent move. Now, where did you move to? Yeah, so... Um, I just tell people it's in the greater Philly area. So okay. we actually just moved like 10 minutes west. That's it. So, so you didn't move like to a new city or anything. You were just like, don't like this house. We're going to get a new one. Or maybe were you in an apartment before or something like that? More like don't like this apartment. We got out. And so we're trying okay. to do everything we can to get to basically just cut free from them. Mm. So wait, you're not you're in a new house, but you're not free of the apartment. Uh, we're getting there. So okay. you're paying you're paying rent and mortgage. <laughs> paying double saying. rent. Well, we're gonna talk with them and basically say we weren't really happy with the way how things were. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't told I them yet. One thing you can look oh, at. Yeah. I don't know with your apartment, but I know like all the places I've leased at so far have like a lease buyout clause where you can like buy out the lease early or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. That might be something to do. You know, but I read I, online. So, it's actually really popular. Uh, you could use Airbnb, Airbnb and just run like sex parties in <laughs> your other rented place, you know? Yeah. 
Landlords don't care at all. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I don't think that's against the anything. The place I'm moving to explicitly says like you can't do Airbnb here. Mm. So oh. that, I think like people are catching on to that. I'm just like, yeah, we don't really like that. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Brian, I mean, you, you guys just moved into a new house. Yes, so we love it. I'm actually curious, you know, to hear your story of like, how you went about selecting the house, all like the financial stuff that went into it. And then I remember, I remember like Andrew had written in the doc for this, like we wanted to talk a bit about financially recovering from buying a house and kind of tabulating up everything that's involved with it. Cause I know there's a lot more than you initially expect. Yeah. Um, wait, I'm sorry. What was your first question again? Uh, what so are just, you drinking? Yeah. That was the first question. <laughs> it's true. We didn't ask you. Water and wine. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nice. You have have both ends covered. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, Spacing out. I was was mainly curious about like, you know, what was your experience like going through the house buying process and how did it affect your finances? How'd you save up for it? All that kind of stuff. No, that's a good question. So, I mean, we did have a few uh, of our family members skip to us a little bit, but we also... um, during the meantime, um, what was it? Last year, I was making about sixty-five thousand a year, which was a significant pay cut from when I was a pharmacist, and we would probably make about a hundred grand a year. But um, basically, my whole approach to this was basically save aggressively as possible, and to just be conservative with um, how much or how little we spend, um, and then we had some apartment issues that were going on. And so that served as a catalyst to basically go ahead and to move forward. We've had some few talks over the summer as far as it, when we were going to buy the house. Um, but just with everything that emerged that pretty much expedited the process. So we got in touch with our realtor and we started doing some house hunting around November, which was, which was starting a little bit more on the seller's market. So, we did a little bit of some open house um, hunting just to get some ideas of what we're looking for, as well as with the location, which we can talk about that um, next, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but we found one house. Um, we we basically counter off. It, it was a couple rounds of counter offers. We accepted. Inspection failed epically. And why? Oh, oh, this is, yeah, that's for later. But all right, fine. I'll tell you now. So (laughs) (laughs) no, this is too good of a story. I just want to see your faces on this response. All right. So we found a house that was um, listed at 339 at the time. We negotiated a price down to 338 with Aiden Sowers Assist. And then we had inspection done and everything epically failed like the major we're talking major appliances failed and we're talking furnace hvac water heater the dishwasher oh my god oh yeah it it failed the inspection or like actually failed like water was leaking and shit yeah we turned on the dishwasher and yeah there was water leaking i basically said holy shit what's going on here and so and so yeah, I took photos of that. That was noted on the inspection report. And so we brought that up with uh, the realtor and my wife and I brought that up with the seller station. And we basically said, all right, we're talking down 10 to 20,000 now. And 
the seller side of the story was basically he bought the house at 275, didn't do shit to it, obviously, and he wants to sell it at 332 because a few houses down the down the road basically um, had what was it four bed two bath apartment. This one was four bed one bath, and there was a bidding war going on with that house, and they ended up buying. It ended up selling for 352. So he thought, oh, well, okay, maybe I could sell it for higher and I can walk out with a decent price. Yeah, nice talk. So he's buddy. just trying to make his house like ride the coattails of the nice one around the block, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds about right. So it was listed at three something and you got it down to one something? No, I tried talking to, we tried talking it down to um, like 310 or something and he said no. And so, um, and so we said, well, all right, this is basically our final straw that you fix everything. You re you give us this price. You basically fix everything. Um, we'll buy it at 328 with eight in sellers, fix and repair all the appliances. Don't half-ass it like you have been over the past five years and give us a two-year home warranty. And the guy said no, and I'll wait until you're finished sipping your beer because I want to tell you their response. They said no. But we'll give you fifteen hundred dollars to help you out. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. This is this would be the point where I'd stop talking to the guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we basically said, okay, that's nice, and we walked. So, that, so you're not living in that place, then? No. But here's the funny thing: the house that we moved into now is in the same neighborhood, exact same floor plan. And everything it has been kept up to date. Okay, what'd you end yeah. up paying for this one then? Um, this one we did three seventy five with seven point five in seller's assist. What is seven? What does seller's assist mean? I actually, don't even never heard yeah, of that. So that's nice. Um, so seller's assist is basically. Um, hang on, my wife's here. What is it? So the realtor basically helps out with closing. <laughs> what in doubt, ask the wife. So um, I was going to say, who ran this transaction? <laughs> Just put your wife on. <laughs> we want to talk to her. Yeah, that's fine. No, but um, basically what it is is that basically you can ask the seller to see if they can help you out with lower with um, paying more towards the house. So from the realtor side, it sounds like that you actually sell it at – well, in this case, 375, but in actuality, you're paying 300, $368,500 for the house. Hmm. Okay. Where does the extra money go then? I guess I'm confused. The seller pays towards the house. So but doesn't the seller own the house? Price? It just, had, just sounds like he's slashing the price. Right. Yeah, he's slashing the, the total cost of the transaction from the buyer's perspective. But I guess he gets uh, listed at being sold at the higher price, right? So that way the realtor can say, "Well, I actually sold this house at three seventy-five." Oh. So basically, yes, I could sell my house for a dollar <laughs> to Andrew, but then be like, "All That's right, four hundred thousand in seller assist." That was a four hundred thousand <laughs> dollar transaction. So then my realtor can just basically go brag about it. Is like, is that it? Like what? Because does the seller assist like make sure that the realtor gets commission on three seventy eight? Is that what it is? 
Something like that, yeah. It that sounds dumb because then you'd have to pay more commission. You have to pay more yeah. in taxes. I don't know. That's a, that's a weird concept to me. Yeah. But anyway, so you ended up. It sounds like you ended up paying a pretty you know big gap up from the previous house. But I guess at least you yeah. got a house that works. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> well, that's the most important. I have to Google thing. this. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh so no, I was just. I just I was googling seller assist so I could read about yeah. it later. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't yeah, know that's, that's an accurate description of it, but um, yeah. So basically, after we saw the house, we fell in love with it, and then I basically had to be the no. I had to be the fun police and basically say, "All right, well, hang on. We need to make sure that we can afford this first. Yeah, so that we we don't end up getting bars and worse." Um, now, on the original, on the house that we walked away from, we would have paid about like nineteen hundred, two thousand a month in mortgage. But this yeah. one, we're about twenty three hundred. Which, I mean, it makes sense; it's reasonable. We did yeah. the math; numbers don't lie. We could still afford it, so we went ahead. We went ahead and moved forward with the transaction. Okay. Yeah, and so you were saying that the apartment situation is kind of what like pushed you guys to get a house sooner than you were thinking. So were you saving for like the eventuality of a house all this time or were you just saving in general and then you decided to use it on a house? No, we were saving with the end goal of a house. It's just that with everything that was emerging at the time that kind of pushed the timeline a little bit forward. So since that happened, did you have to make some concessions on the final like list price of the house you were going for, or did you end up like making a lower down payment than you wanted to make? I mean, it was it was less time, so yeah. I mean, I mean, there was somebody else who voiced interest in wanting to buy the house, and we originally were going to do three seventy five. We were originally going to do like three seventy five with um or three sixty five with tenant sellers but when we found out somebody else is doing it we basically said you know what screw it the price is right and so we sent the seller basically a sappy all the feels type letter of why we want the house and (laughs) our our little dog can run around and play and she'll actually be a dog and everything like that and the house will be conducive for having guests over we can work from home and this is where we want to set up a family and all that other happy first time home buyers dreams come true. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's good. Yeah. And so we got the call later on that night saying, Hey, congrats. You got it. Very nice. So 375, you said, right? Yes. Did that include the closing costs and everything? Oh, yes. I believe that included closing costs because we did three and a half down because we have an FHA loan. So that way, um, yeah, so we did three and a half down at 375 with 7.5 in sellers. Three and a half down, meaning? Three and a half percent down. Your down payment was only three and a half percent? Because we have an FHA loan, which allows for a three and a half percent down. Do you have PMI with that? Yeah. What does that mean? Yes. You do. Unfortunately, we do. Yeah. So so do you have to get to 20% to get rid of PMI? Yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) Okay. So you listen to this podcast. You probably heard Andrew talk about PMI. (laughs) So, okay. So so I did some internet research. 
So you only no, had to put like less than no, twelve grand down on the house. What? Hang on. Don't go, don't go eat Honda on me, okay? All I right. understand. He, got, he remembers the reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. So, I mean, what what drove that decision process? You know, I mean, because you're paying a lot extra for really no reason. Give us a good reason. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> because our apartment, because our apartment complex didn't want our dog being a dog. It wanted like, like a like an animal around. change, like turn into a cat. Like, what did it want? I just wanted you to get rid of your dog. Not necessarily that, but I mean, also we. It was just we were anticipating on making the move soon. Okay, so I mean, what do you have to pay for PMI? I don't even know. <sighs> that I need to load up real quick because it's. So oh my god, dude! My e- mortgage payment and all my shit is is like engraved on the inside of my eyeball. Like I can't not <laughs> see those numbers. <laughs> they haunt me while I'm sleeping. Yeah, I know exactly how much but my apartment's it- gonna be, and I'm not even there yet because it's it's way more than when so, my current place. Okay, okay while- so it's mm. it's two fifty a month. And how okay. much is your mortgage payment? Uh, principal and interest, or yeah, yeah, the whole. Okay, uh, seventeen hundred. Oh wait, I thought you were saying it was twenty three hundred a month. Yeah, but I mean that's including PMI that's and including escrow and taxes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, are you yeah. calculating something, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. So you you increased the cost of your house by fourteen percent, basically. I mean, yes. like roughly. Wait, did you like do that over the course of like how long it would take to get to twenty percent? No, no. Or? I just I just did the the PMI divided by the mortgage and interest. I just want to see like how much more expensive it was. Oh, like fourteen percent per month cost. Yeah, yeah. that's what two fifty amounts to. Um, yeah, and that's tough. So I mean, I feel like you're in a situation now where it may actually, and I'd have to sit down and do the math, but it might actually be worth it for you to try to pay off your mortgage early up to that twenty percent principal amount. I mean, we usually talk about how yeah. you know early mortgage payoff is usually not an optimal strategy versus right. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, two fifty a month. You know, you're paying that until you hit twenty. And the amortization schedule has you paying mostly interest at the first, you know, for the first half of the loan. So, like, you're getting screwed on that. Because I even want to know, like, actually what your first payments, what the principal and interest breakdown is. I imagine it's, like, so little principal. It's. Well, we can do, like, a mortgage calculator, right? That'll, like, show the amortization. I have the uh, closing disclosure right up front. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't have that actual paperwork as far as like the amortization schedule and everything. Okay, well, I'm sure that it's it's heavily weighed towards interest at the beginning, right? So it's basically just like I mean, you'll be stuck at that two fifty per month for a long time until you get up like because if you're only at three point seven or three point seven five is that three point five percent, three point five percent equity. Yeah, uh, it's gonna take a while to get that extra seventeen back yeah mm-hmm. times 375 was a purchase price so you need an additional 61,875 dollars to get rid of pmi <laughs> oh <laughs> man wow okay so let's, let's not harp on him too much about no, it's right, was already made no, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I so, you know what you've gotten blocked. yourself into now so brian yeah. when are you selling the house <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just wait till the dude around the corner sells his house for 500 grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. Yes. Excellent. So, dude, okay, so, so what, what do you I'm have... curious about is what, what else comes with, like, when you buy a house, because I remember when I was in college and I got, I like went from the dorms to my first apartment, I was like, oh, crap, I have to buy a trash can and I have to buy, like, cleaning supplies. There were all these things I did not anticipate I would have to buy because a lot of them were just provided the dorm. Like, what have you had to buy with your house now that you actually own a place? Yeah, so we're actually going on an Ikea date tomorrow night, which is going to be awesome. Nice. Okay, Swedish yes. meatballs all the way. We're going to have, like, oh, yes. Decision fatigue to the max once that's <laughs> over. <laughs> 10,000 different fork choices and stuff. <laughs> no, but my wife is going to go for the chicken fingers and fries. That's her staple. Okay. But for me, yeah, Swedish meatballs for the win. Um, but... <laughs> We talk, but as far as for, I mean, furniture shopping is obvious. Um, but based on where we're geographically located, since we're right on the outskirts of Philly, we did have a, some of my coworkers have told me, well, why don't you go down and buy in Delaware? Since in Delaware, it's tax free. And so we did initially entertain that idea. But when you also factor in delivery costs and everything like that, it just didn't seem to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And we don't really, we don't need like all the fancy, type furniture i mean ikea is still very durable it lasts forever my wife still has her um what is it her love seat from like five six seven ten years ago i don't know but oh my god they 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 had when we bought our couch it was it was like literally like a lifetime warranty or for a normal wear and tear or something and the arm broke and like the bottom part of the couch just like fell and hit the floor and so we're like, hey, like lifetime warranty, you got to send us a new arm. And they did, yeah. but it was the Are wrong side. So, and then <laughs> so we, they were like, hey, so they sent us another one. So now we have a spare right arm. You can't find this shit anywhere. <laughs> hey, if you, hey, we could always use a right spare arm. <laughs> there we go. Yes. It's a contest. Whoever wins gets Andrew's right <laughs> spare arm. <laughs> it's a hot commodity. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, Ikea. What are you looking to get? Well, we're looking to get a sectional. uh, We're looking to get another couch downstairs. Um, I mean, the thing with our apartment is that it has pretty much all the main appliances, like fridge, microwave, washer dryer, dishwasher. It also (laughs) came with a hot tub. Nice. Wait, (laughs) this this new house you're having right now? Yes, hot tub. Oh, that's sweet. It has a hot tub. Nice. <laughs> Our friend Matt would be a good person to talk to then to take care of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we basically signed, we basically had to pay 120 to keep it, but he basically said from the agreement of sale, which is basically this elongated contract, which tells you about how much you're going to pay, the timeline and everything like that, then in that agreement of sale, they said, well, we get to keep it. Or, yeah, we got to keep it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, we have to buy TVs, which I was very disappointed about because when we did the initial walkthrough, um, initial tour, they had this huge big screen downstairs. And when we did the final walkthrough an hour before Selmet, we noticed it was gone. I mean, yeah, I've never heard of a house coming with a TV. Mm. I- I understand, but it was still, <laughs> I cried. I was sad. 
Yeah, but I mean, the other nice thing was that it came with a wet bar. There's another fridge downstairs. Um, and we had some of our other main furniture, you know, bed, dressers, and everything like that. Also, IKEA furniture. Nice. Okay. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. So I think we glazed over, but you have a bar with a sink in your basement? Yes, we have a wet bar. And if I didn't have wine, and if I didn't have, or if the liquor store had all the ingredients, I would have something called a Philadelphia Flyer. Tell which us. Is, yes. It is basically gin, um, some sort of cherry, hazelnut liqueur, and lemon juice. Ah. With a little orange, black, or dark orange type color like the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. Because that's the only good, that's pretty much the only good team in Philly right now. (laughs) Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Did you know that I also have a wet bar in my basement? You do? Yeah. Why are you moving, Thomas? Uh, Because I'm in Iowa. And so you're probably, and I don't know about your bar, Brian, but um, ours, so my uncle growing up, he had like a real bar you could stand behind, like the liquor was stored under the shelves. What we have is like basically a countertop built into the wall, yeah, pretty much with a sink and a wine yep. rack built in. You know, we store Everything. all the liquor down there, but it's it's not like you know I can go in and freaking like root beer tapper dude is sitting behind there cleaning a glass out with a tap behind. It's like you know, it's just it's simple, but it's nice to have. Yeah, it's not like Cheers or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, like that's <laughs> that. Yeah, like that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, my uncle used to have one. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> had some experiences as a kid. Yeah. Dude, Whiskey doesn't taste good when you're like four. <laughs> Brian, now, now that you've taken a good sip of wine, what's, what's your yes. debt situation look like? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> we're, we're going to see after we have to, we'll see after what uncle Sam says, whether or not how much we have to pay on taxes or not. Um, but right now uh, we have a credit card um, that's about 3,500 left and that's 14% APR. Um, I have a student loan that's about 15,000 with 6.8%. Um, I forget what my wife's is, but I mean, that's pretty much all that we have. So I'm just thinking and remembering from the, um, talk that you had a few weeks ago as far as just knocking off debt that mm-hmm. pretty much um, get rid of that credit card loan and then just let it and just take all that subsequent payment and just use it towards my student loan next. Since when Lisa got her student loan, my wife, um, her interest, I think, is like in the threes or fours. It's when student loans were actually affordable. If anybody can remember such a time. But, <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I was obviously not, I actually, yeah, I came out of that end. Um, I tried looking into SoFi and everything like that to consolidate, but for Pennsylvania, for some reason, they basically say you can't consolidate if you have less than $25,000 in student loan debt, which is stupid. That is stupid. Yeah, but, so I can't refinance on that. Um I tried looking into seeing if there's any other way how we can re- how I can reduce the interest payment. And the thing is that 
it could reduce it by a quarter of a percent if you do automatic payments online. But the catch 22 to that is that you would have to pay a $50 convenient or service fee or something like that to make what? the online trips. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Just, Wait, is that a one-time yeah. fee or is that an every month fee? Every month. What? Wait, 50 bucks to play online. <laughs> kind of like mafia bank. Are you getting your <laughs> yeah. loan from my gosh? All right. So I know we talked about in our debt episode back in January. Yeah. Uh, and on many episodes, you stack method. So in your case, it would seem right to do the credit card and then your student loans. What I'm going to say right now is because you have PMI yes, on your mortgage, to do. your effective interest rate on your mortgage is probably higher than your student loan interest rate. Mm. So it may be useful and maybe you need to sit down and do the math exactly on this. But I, I would say with fairly good confidence that an extra 250 a month is yeah. going to equal an effective interest rate higher than your student loans. Pay down that mortgage until you get 20% equity, get right. rid of the PMI yeah, and absolutely. then kill your student loan. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Um, did you, uh, and so, I mean, I guess that's kind of the debt thing. Is there anything else with, with debt or is it just basically like that's the strategy, those three things? Well, as, as far as the major debt, besides the mortgage, the PMI, the student loan, the auto loan, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, auto loan, I'm not even going to consider because that's only 1.9%. That's no big deal. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's actually even better than mine. Yeah, so I'm not even worried about that. Okay. So, I mean, I yeah, should I just check in with my mortgage consultant to see how we can pay extra for PMI and just knock that out? Yeah, I mean, basically, I think what you would do, and Andrew, you can tell me if I'm right on this, but you would pay, you would like make extra payments earmarked for principal mm. every month. Uh, and you can do that, right? You can make extra payments that go to the principal, correct? And a lot of them have different terms. Like if you don't overpay by X thousand in a month, like it's just going to go to like principal and interest or they're not going to allow you to do it at all. Uh, I know Wells Fargo has like really weird terms. Yeah, I um, guess there could be. But if you think about like how long it will take you to get an additional 61,000 in equity and you just take those months and multiply it by 250, that's the amount of money that you're paying for nothing. So like yeah. it, it should be like super urgent. It's going to yeah. it adds up like really quickly. Mm-hmm. There's always this confusion like between like when you're working with a bunch of percents and then a bunch of hard dollar numbers cuz it's not always immediately obvious like which ends up being more out of your pocket in the long run. Right. So, you know, I wonder if that 14% credit card is still more expensive than the PMI. I'm not sure. Actually, what it's a balance of what? $3,500, right? Yeah, $3,500. And if we get it, and I mean, last year we got a decent tax return and we we chucked all of that into savings. And okay, so that. yeah, on $3,500, 14% interest would be... I don't know, like 500 bucks, right? Yeah, it sounds about right. Hang on. Let me get the calculator. It's a lot of it. It's a lot of interest. So, I mean, you're making minimum payments on that. It's $490 a month that you're paying by not, by having that balance. So yeah, that is definitely a bigger issue than the PMI. So kill that as fast as possible, then kill the PMI, then kill the student loan and the auto loan. So uh, and you know, yeah, yeah. Even with the auto loan, let's start investing as well. <laughs> What's up? 
like you know once you get down to the auto loan i would personally probably start putting a portion of that into an investment instead right. of and paying down the entire auto loan because it's it's 1.9 like you know now i mean as far as investment i mean we i do have my 401k plan through my company and everything like that i've also opened up another one through um, I think like Scott Trader or something like that, which I'm probably going to cancel that one and switch it over to Vanguard or Fidelity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at Scott Trades, but we yeah. like Vanguard and we like Fidelity because they have low fees and absolutely good yeah. performance, and it's you know, it's a good no state performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was curious, like when you, so you're going to IKEA to buy all these things. When yeah. you were planning to buy the house, did you? set out a budget for stuff that you'd have to buy? Not necessarily a budget per se, but as far as what are the things that we need to get, what are the urgent things we need to get, and then what's something that we could just get down the line? It's not. It's just, okay, Okay. if we find a good sale. And I mean, the nice thing is that with, with it being February, I mean, we have President's Day sales and everything like that, so... We're thinking of we're planning to look to that as far as um, see if they say, well, save an extra 25, 50 percent off on furniture and pay zero interest and all that other fun stuff. Brian, okay. after taxes, how much do you and uh, Lisa take home a month? About 65 to 7000 a month. And how much are your payments on your student loans? Do you know? Um, my student loan is four hundred for Lisa. It's about two hundred. But I usually say do two fifty just to speed up the process. I, I see what's happening. You guys, you guys have a lot left over, so you feel like really fucking rich. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you guys have. I mean, so if you're if you're living is like twenty two, right? Ish right. twenty two hundred a month. For, yes. Right. And then you have 600 for student loans. So that's like 28 or so. Yeah. And then throw a credit card debt on there. Maybe like 32. So the other half is unaccounted for. Wait, you said 22 just for all living expenses? 22 for um, his mortgage. mortgage plus PMI. Oh, okay. Okay. And so taxes. So I'm saying like gotcha. there's about three thousand for like obviously eating groceries, yeah. you know, going yeah, out to the bar, of- filling or his wet bar with to materials the, to the wine bar. <laughs> <laughs> so you could take fifteen hundred of that a month, kill debt. Uh, yeah, that would wipe the credit card out in two and a half months. Right, and yeah. then you could get up to twenty percent equity on the PMI. In, oh, uh, what did you say it was, Andrew? Next, just like sixty thousand dollars or something like that. It's like sixty, almost sixty-two. You know, so it'll take a while, but it's not going to take like five years. See, and then we, you still have some left over. We started for, talking and, and we were saying all these things, and I was like, "Wow, we're like really Debbie Downers for Brian. He's like really <laughs> having like a bad time right now." But, dude, you have the resources. You could actually, yeah. you could crush this well, reasonably quickly. Crush it like fat Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the reference, but but yes, I guess. Oh, I haven't seen that. No. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. No, but um, that was kind of the other thing also to discuss. I mean, 
we do have a we do have a budget we adhere to. We have uh, basically whatever we have left over the day before payday. I just throw it all into savings. Um, but I also do some freelancing on the side. But last year I was doing really well with that. This year it's just very slim pickings. What do you freelance in? Um, I am a pharmacist uh, contributor for a pharmacy magazine, and I've done some topics on disease state management and everything like that. And so I really enjoy that process. It pays fairly well if they actually end up paying me, mm. which is a different story. But um, it's just right now there's really nothing out there Um I mean, I'm in talks with another pharmacy magazine, but... So, wait, 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 wait. There's really nothing out there for pharmacists, you're saying? As far as, as far as, far, well, as far as pharmacy writing, that's, like, on the freelance side, not and, so and much. And you said you're a pharmacist. But I will not practice anymore. But that, that doesn't matter. You, you went to school. You did the thing. Right, yeah. So, why don't you take your time and, and make something? Where like well, in the first hundred hours you'll make less than what they pay you, but the second hundred hours, you know, well you'll maybe well, you'll make the same, and then later you'll make more. Well, I'm thinking of also making an app for for helping patients uh, manage their um, conditions and everything like that. Where basically you have a you have one section on an app where it has all of your medications listed, the others all of your um, health conditions, the others, um, doctor information, insurance information. But I mean, that's just very primitive thinking. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure, but we'll see. Hey, it's an idea. Yeah. At least looking into. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I think we got a pretty good idea of what you got going on right now. And I think you have a pretty good action plan for at least destroying that debt. Um, before we wrap up, is there any like other questions you have or anything else that we should briefly touch on? Um, I did ask um, some of my coworkers if they had additional questions. One of them was like, you haven't saved up anything for retirement. You have about 10, 20 years left. What the heck do you do? That was what we were talking about. Uh, we were like, today, we're like, Andrew, we're like we should do an episode on this. We get a lot of questions like that. Yeah, we really should, and we're going to. So that episode is coming soon. Uh, short answer we can say right now: there are things like target retirement date funds. Vanguard has them. Probably everyone has them. You know, those are a decent option. At least mm -hmm. like like an easy thing to recommend because they will shift their allocation you over know, time. I was I got uh, invited to this like random AM radio like show in in some state, yeah. Uh, and I just there was like a ten minute segment and and we were talking about something similar, and uh, like retirement is really just a factor. And, like the biggest part of retirement is a factor of your savings. I think the hard answer, the truth is like you have to save like fifty plus well, yeah. percent. Like yeah. that's that's really it. You're not gonna you invest to your way out of it. If you if you don't see like a realistic way to in, to substantially increase your income, you're going to have to make lifestyle cuts. But the other thing, you know, and maybe I'll get flack for this, but my personal belief is like don't retire. Mm. Like I, I think a lot of Americans have this idea, and a lot of people in our circle don't. I think they've kind of come around to this idea, but a lot of 
Americans have this idea that you work and then you turn 65, or you turn 70 or whatever, you retire, right. you yep. just relax, fuck the system. I've been giving the man my time <laughs> for 40, 50 years and I'm, I'm taking it all back now. And I think that's a broken concept. And I think when you open your mind to the idea that like I'm I'm willing to work until the day I die, but I would like to shift into work that I enjoy doing or maybe I'm just going to shift uh, some of my time away from work, but I'm still you know working part time or something that makes the burden of retirement far less. Right. Uh, and, the, you know, and as I'm, you're saving when you're still in your working years. Right. And the other thing also is that we're living in a day and age where Americans are living longer and yeah. they end up retiring like in their seventies or eighties. There is a guy in my hometown. He's still, he's, I think like in his nineties and he's still working at the local grocery store and he's basically become like yeah. a celebrity type figure. And you know what? I think he's, he's going to die in that store. I hate to say it, but he's I honestly don't think that, I mean, like maybe that's not what he wants to do, but I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. Like people in, it's funny, like in, in uh, Okinawa, Japan, there was no, there's no word for retirement. It's not a concept. They just, they work there's always. There is a uh, white paper on uh, Social Security, SSA.gov. They did this whole ridiculous research, blah, blah, blah. Men who retire early die younger. Yeah. They they control for all these ridiculous variables, and that's just, that's it. Well, you stop having a reason. You stop exercising and getting out as much. You stop challenging yourself mentally. You open yourself up to a higher probability of dementia and other health problems. Like it's a big problem. And I think like personally, I will work until the day I die because that will make the day I die happen far later. <laughs> so you're becoming a forgetful fat ass and you're dying in your fifties. If you retire I mean, early, is that what you're saying? That, that's a dark way <laughs> is, to is say that, it. It's <laughs> like if we want to get all hyperbolic, like I'm I'm not gonna say that's what's gonna happen to you, but like if you I think the mindset of I'm going to retire and relax because I put in, I paid my dues and I put in my time is right. a damaging mindset. And I it think is. a better mindset, a healthier mindset, and one that will make it less of a financial burden on either you or whoever supports you is I want to contribute, I want to work, and I want to keep learning and growing until I die. Mm-hmm. And uh, my retirement, quote unquote, will just be me trying to have better control over the work I do and have it be more in line with what I'm interested in or what. Um, what I, my values are aligned with. Sounds and that good. works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I just busted open a ran on you. Anyway, Brian, <laughs> thank you for coming to the show. Jeez. It was good talking to you. Uh, hopefully we didn't grill you too hard, but that yeah, is the nature so of good. this financial life. We're not going to pull punches because we do want to help. Dat PMI, <laughs> brah. Dat PMI. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. But anyway, dude, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks, uh, everyone listening, thanks for listening. Um, perhaps you may be a future this financial life person. If you think that you're a good fit or that you'd like to be on the show, email us. Listen, money matters at gmail.com is where you can reach us or on Twitter at money's matters, man. And hey, send us those, uh, send us those catchphrases because we need them. And sing some songs. Yeah. yeah sing Andrew some songs. And actually, some- wait, before going, Andrew, can you just <laughs> sing let it go? Because I mean, it did <laughs> snow over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you I don't know that song. <laughs> we'll make it this time. But uh, yeah, coming, coming soon, maybe. I don't know. We'll see if we can convince him. Anyway, nice. our toolbox of resources with our apps, budgeting software, uh, investment recommendations, books that we recommend that will expand your mind, those are all over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So check those out if you're curious. 
And that's all we got. So thanks for listening, and we will see you all in the next episode. Later, guys. Later, man. Peace. Please tell your friends about this show.